Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and today we got an exciting interview for you. We're talking with Jennifer Don. Jennifer is a serial entrepreneur. She's built two multi-million dollar businesses. She's working really hard on her third right now. She's a published author and accomplished speaker, and she is the owner of Jennifer Dawn Coaching and the founder of The Best Planner Ever. Uh, and as I confessed to her at the beginning, before we started recording, I'm, I'm a little bit of a planner geek, so I, I own them all. Um, and now I got another one I got to go get. So uh, Jennifer serves entrepreneurs and, and she does that through her coaching and through two day deep dive intensive workshops. And she is an absolute master at setting and achieving goals, problem solving and uh, going and finding cash flow for your business. So Jennifer, welcome to the Unstoppable CEO. Really happy to have you here. All right, Steve, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. So this is going to be fun. I know uh, we got, we got a lot to cover. And before we dive into that, I, I would love for you to give everybody a little bit of context so they, they know where you're coming from, what got you to the stage of your career. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to say that it was a beautiful journey with like rose petals along the way, but it was not. It was hard fought, blood, sweat, and tears. But I started my first company. I think I was really born with the entrepreneurial bug. I started my first company when I was eight. Um, not official company, my first business, I should say, when I was eight. And I decided that I wanted to have an Apple stand. My grandfather was a chiropractor and he had his office attached to his home and there was a steady stream of patients coming in and there, he had an apple tree in his front yard and those, those apples were just going to waste. And so I started an apple stand. I thought that, you know, a lemonade stand was so yesterday, all kids did that. <laughs> so I'm like, let me do something different here. And, you know, it was it, now looking back, I realized when you talk about a perfect business, that was a perfect business. My inventory was free. I had a steady stream of clients. I didn't have to do anything for, I'm like a cute kid. All I had to do was smile and you're like the best salesperson ever. And I got to keep all my profits. And I remember just like, I can still remember holding like those shiny quarters in my hand and being like, I'm rich. I'm the richest person <laughs> in the world. You know, it was just such a great feeling. So I went on to start my first real, first official real company. It was a software company when I was 23. Had no idea what the heck I was doing. I just I just knew I could do it better than what the competition was doing. And so I designed a software system that was for water parks, amusement parks. Um, it was a point of sale system. And so any kind of a family entertainment sort of place, when you go in and you buy a ticket, it was my system that was at the front that sold the ticket and turned the turnstile open and did all of that good stuff. And um, I grew that company from nothing to seven figures. Um, that's the company that was, you know, the hard fought, like really like trial and error. And back then, like there were no like business coaches everywhere. I, I actually remember I had, I had hired a business coach coach briefly and it was so unheard of in my industry. They did an article on me in a trade publication because they were just like, they'd never heard of a coach. Like, what is this crazy thing she's doing? Um, but yeah, so, but that was, it was a great, great experience. I became a little just disillusioned with software. I wanted to do something else. And so I'd sold my company. I turned around, I bought a log home company of all things. <laughs> and I did it the same year, the real estate market, like completely bottomed out. And I ended up having to like shut my doors within a year. So it was a huge catastrophic failure. And now looking back, I'm grateful for the experience, but then it was no fun whatsoever. And so I kind of became a little disillusioned with the whole entrepreneurial journey. And so from there, I took um, a position in corporate 
and I became the software division president for a big $54 million manufacturing firm. They had five divisions. Um, I was the software division president. They had bought a software company. They had no idea what to do with it. I had come from software. It was still point of sale, just a different industry. So for me, it was, um, it was a piece of cake because you know, I walk into this big company and they have a human resources department and a marketing department and IT department. I'm like, holy cow, I was all those departments. Like, right. wow, this is fantastic. <laughs> and so while I was there, I grew their sales. They were at about 300,000 when I took over and we, we took it to 2.2 million in just under two years. So it was definitely much faster. But when you have all these resources at your hands, you can definitely do a lot. Plus I'd learned a lot with my first company. But while I was there, I just kind of found like, I just, the corporate mentality didn't really sit well. I had discovered some problems in their software. Um, they didn't want to fix them. And I'd come from a world where if I had a problem, I fixed it and they didn't want to fix it. And so it really was, it started to be out of alignment when, when I knew like the customers were going to be using the software that was going to blow up eventually because they weren't doing what they needed to do. Um, and so it really caused a conflict with my core values and I just, I really didn't like it. Um, then they started, you know, I was the president of the company. They started blaming me for for the problems. And I'm like, wait a second. I found the problems. You guys bought this company before I was even here. Like, how could this be my fault? But you know, sometimes they just, they want somebody to point a finger at. And so my corporate career really started to sour um, after a couple of years. And I, I just was like, you know, I can't, I can't be this person. Like I, we could fix it. We could do the right thing. They didn't want to do the right thing. And I was just kind of stuck in the middle. So um, I decided to go out on my own. And uh, uh, it was funny when I first went out on my own, I was just doing some consulting work and I was doing some writing. I was doing some marketing. And it's such a funny story when I look back now, because one of my first clients, she was like an intuitive, like a psychic type person, right? And she had hired me to rewrite some of her marketing copy. And we're talking about it and we're on the phone one day and she just like impromptu stops and she says, Jennifer, you should immediately rebrand yourself as a business coach. I see big money in it for you. And I'm like, what? Who wants to be a business coach? I'm like, who wants to listen to me? Like, what the heck would I do that for? I was just like, that's just crazy. And so you know, I kept on doing my consulting and then I eventually relocated to upstate New York. And when I got here, there was a national network of women entrepreneurs. And they asked me to come in and lead their masterminding and accountability circles. And they eventually made me the president of the company. And, and actually while I was there, I tripled their revenues. So I had a lot of fun doing this um, for all these, you know, these different places. And, um, but while I'm helping all these women entrepreneurs, I'm starting to discover this love of mentoring and coaching and helping and it started to kind of dawn on me like, duh, you've built your own business. You took it to seven figures. You've done it in corporate. Um, it's like you've been doing this and now you're helping other people. And why not go out on your own and do this for yourself? And that's really what kind of gave me the courage to coach was helping this national network of, of entrepreneurial women. Um, so there you go. So I stepped out on my own and started coaching and I've been going strong <laughs> for several years. Love my clients, love the work. I, I look back and like, wow, maybe if I had rebranded myself a little sooner, I might, you know, I might've done some extra fun things there, but you know, we're all where we are. So I wasn't, I wasn't quite ready to take that leap back then, but, uh, but now I'm just, I'm absolutely loving the work. So there you go. There's the not so short version of how I ended up where I am today. Oh. Yeah, I mean, you're right. We all we all are where we are, and and we can only act from that point and move forward. Um, I, I want to take you all the way all the way back to the beginning because I'm really curious about this. Why a software company in 
the family entertainment and amusement park industry. Yeah. Like, how did you, I, I'm sitting here as you're describing that, I'm thinking, how would I have ever even put two and two together that that was an opportunity? That's, I always love to hear those little discovery yeah. points. <laughs> you know what? I worked for one of their competitors. And so one of my, my future competitors. So I worked for a company that did that. And it was something I had never even heard of either. And so they hired me in. And part of my job was to go out and travel to all of these different locations and install software systems. And that's what I did. And while I worked for them, they actually purchased three of their competitors. And the whole thing became just a giant disaster. <laughs> Um, as they continued to buy competitor after competitor. But for me, I got exposure to four different systems and I could see what they were all doing. And I was the person out at the client site. I was the person trying to help the customer get their crappy software to work. So that's, it wasn't really my original idea at all. It was really after my time out in the field and just seeing the struggles and, and the amusement industry, they're just such nice people and they were really fun to work with. I mean, they're in the business of fun. And just seeing the struggles that they were going through, I'm like, you know what? I was never um, a developer, but I could do everything else. I could design the software. I could install it. I could train on it. I could troubleshoot it. I could do some, you know, database work, just some, some stuff. Um, not anymore because I'm not in that world anymore. But when I was in it, I could do the basics. And um, so really just found a, found a programmer and was able to kind of kick it off like that. So that's really where the idea came from, was just really wanting to help these, this industry have a much better solution. That's interesting. So, so but you had some background in it. And, I, I, you know, I always run across people that are in these really um, off the wall. Maybe that's not the right term, but the, just these really small little, you wouldn't have even believed that, that there's a specific niche for that. And there right. they are, and it's a great business, and they're doing really well. And I always go, like, how did they think of that? And uh, and so thanks for sharing that. that. That's interesting. But now you're working with businesses, and uh, and you're working with business owners in particular and helping them uh, achieve their goals. And um, I know probably both with the clients that you're dealing with and um, clearly with what you've shared um, in your own kind of journey it's not always a straight line between here I am today and there's my goal and I'm going to go get it. So what are some of the things that you've kind of put into your own practice to push through when things get tough, you know, whether it's a mindset or a habit or just a, you know, a, a way of approaching things. Um, and, and maybe, you know, on, on top of that, how do you, when your clients run into those situations, how do you, you know, kind of coach them through that. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? It really mindset, I believe, is really what it all comes down to um, because it's it's so powerful and it's really going to, in my opinion, it's really going to determine, your mindset is going to determine if you succeed or if you fail or what level of success you're, you're going to have. And so what a great question about, you know, what I'm doing in my own practice. And I would say I'm doing um, definitely two things. I had a big shift a couple of years back because I had, you know, I had built my first company, I'd built the second company, but there was a lot of personal turmoil and sacrifice that went into it. Um, I went, I went through um, a divorce, actually went through two divorces. Um, I'm happily married now. I'm not a nut, but I, I'm happily married now. Thank goodness. But you know, the personal side of my life really took a big hit in growing these businesses. And so it sounds wonderful to be like, Hey, you know, I grew a seven figure business, but you know, I also went through a divorce, which was just terrible. 
um, really suffered personally as a result of it. Um, there's been a couple of times where I've been in um, one in particular when I was in corporate, I went through about six months where I really felt like I was in a functional depression. Um, it was just so hard being in that environment. Um, I have, I have three children. Um, I had hired a nanny, like the, the nanny was seeing my children more than me while I was at that time, I was a single mom with the three kids and, you know, trying to pay for everything myself. And really it was the kids that kept me going, but just this almost functional depression of just like tricking myself to like get out of bed every day. It just got to be so bad. So um, I, I've had these really difficult times and it's funny because I remember there was the, there was a shift where one day I was just, I was so angry at everything and I said, you know what? I was like screaming at the universe. And I'm like, look, you know, I don't really care what you send me. You know, you've sent me this and this and this, you know, you've sent me all these things and I've survived it and I will survive anything that you send my way, you know, you know, screw you. And I don't know if I can say that on your podcast, Steve, but that's the light version. That's the PG version of what I was saying <laughs> to the universe, right? I'm just like, you know, you bring it, I will survive it. Like I am a survivor. And it sounded good and it sounded inspiring. But when I had the shift, I started to realize, I'm like, wait a second, like I'm getting a lot of things to survive <laughs> and this isn't good. And, you know, and building a business is really hard. And I was, I was feeling like, you know, I'm going to survive this business. I'm going to survive this business. And when I had the shift, I realized I was like, wait a second, I've got to shift myself to thriving, not surviving. Um, and for me, again, mindset, it was my own mindset, even though many people are like, well, that sounds really inspiring that you were like, bring it, I'll survive it. You know, I love those songs that are about, you know, I was down on my knees, but I got back up again. And, you know, I love those things. But there was a point for me where I realized this isn't really inspiring. I'm actually, you know, I think I'm bringing some of this stuff in. I'm making it harder than it needs to be. I don't have to sacrifice my soul to have a successful business. I can do it differently. And from after that shift, I really, the business that I'm running right now, I run it a lot different than I did my first two. Um, I don't kill myself. I don't work, you know, 80 hour weeks. I do take vacations. Um, I, when I start feeling like my batteries are low, I make an effort to do things in my life so that I can keep my batteries charged up. And so when you talk about the things that you've, you've done in business, I think that mindset shift for me was the hugest one where I decided this business was going to be different, that it wasn't going to kill me. I was going to have a personal life. I was going to have a happy marriage. I was going to see my children. We were going to take trips. You know, these are the things that are important to me. And so, um, daily. I, I have lots of tools, lots of tools that I use, like your planner geek, which I love. Um, you know, I, I have a planner and I use it and it was a planner I created and it's got the mindset pieces in it that I needed to remind me every day. So I didn't fall back into some of those old unhealthy habits and patterns. You know, it, it's so interesting. I, I can relate so much to, to what you just shared and, and you shared a number of important things. I want to kind of unpack them a little bit. Um, I think back to, for me, that, that time period in 08, 09 was not a fun time in business. And I, I went through a divorce about that same time as well, or just after that. Um, and, and it took a little while, but looking back on it, kind of like what you said, you know, you look back on it and you're like, well, Hey, I, I'm still standing after all that, you know? <laughs> um, and, and I probably had a little bit of that bring it attitude, but the point of that is that, you know, when you go through some of those things and you come out the other side, okay, mm -hmm. 
the confidence that, that at least I got, I don't know if you had that experience, but it's like, okay, like I've been through that and that was as bad as I thought it could possibly get. And Mm -hmm. things are kind of okay now. So really if it happens again, it's not, it's not going to be as difficult. It's not going to last as long. I'm going to know how to get out, you know, how to escape the, the, you know, all of those situations in the future and, and uh, build the business back up. That's what I took out of it was this just great sense of kind of confidence and power mm-hmm. that, okay, keep throwing it at me. I got it. Um, and I, do you get that sense, that confidence as well? from that experience? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, because it's like, wait a second, like I I've been to hell and back a few times and I'm still here. So I think that that's such a great point, Steve, to make is absolutely. It gives you confidence when you've survived and you're still here and you've been through these things. Um, without a doubt, you start to almost feel like, you know what, I can handle it. Whatever comes at me, I can handle. And I think that the difference for me is that I've taken that confidence and I've actually now shifted it into anytime anything bad happens, I'm like, wait a second, I've been through worse than this. This is a no brainer. I can handle it. And you know what? I'm even going to set my intention to say, even though it feels like it could be bad, I'm going to set my intention to be, Hey, it worked out a lot better than I was expecting or everything worked out fine. Like I think that that confidence now that I'm trusting that everything's actually, even if it seems like it might be bad at the time, I'm like, nope, it's fine. It's just the next step. And I think that's part of that confidence. It's given me that confidence to be able to just set my intention now to say it's going to all work out great. And in fact, it's going to work out better than I'm expecting. Well, you know, that what's, what's so interesting about taking that approach is that, um, I mean, it's all just a story, right? Mm-hmm. Your, your, your analysis of a set of circumstances is separate and distinct from the circumstances themselves. And I think this is where a lot of, of, of business owners struggle sometimes when things get tough. And, and I think they also um, probably give themselves too much credit when things are going really well is that, you know, when times are tough and we attach all of this negative analysis to it, none of that's real. That's just what your mind made up about it. And if you can rewrite the story like you just described, um, it, it now gives you an ability to act and, and to move. And that's really what gets you out of the, the circumstance. Um, I, I'll tell you the other thing that I think um, is really valuable in what you said is that in this new business, you're, you're doing it differently. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really hard for people sometimes because particularly in, you know, in, in an entrepreneurial business, we don't realize often that, we get to make the rules of the game. Like that's the gig. Mm-hmm. Fundamentally, we get to make the rules of the game. And if you're coming from another background, it's like, wait a second, who's going to tell me what I have to do, right? And, and so right. look for places sometimes for, for guidance on like, tell me what to do. But at the end of the day, you make the rules. And so if you want to work an 80-hour route, uh, 80 hour week and that's the way you want to build your business, you can. And if you want to work a 20 hour week and that's the way you want to build your business, you can. And I bet you and I could both point to examples of each of those mm-hmm. uh, and find people who are being very successful doing it each way. It doesn't matter. 
Exactly, exactly. But you make such a great point because sometimes it's almost like it's there, but you don't know it. It's hard to see it when you're in it. I had a coach once tell me it's hard to see the picture when you're in the picture. And it's getting, I think that outside perspective can be so important. Um, when I when I transitioned from corporate back out onto my own, I had hired a life coach and she was so instrumental in helping me just figure it all out because when you're so caught up in it, and if you're somebody who's working an 80 hour week and you want to be the person working a 20 hour week, but you're so maxed out, it's hard to see that bigger picture. And sometimes it's hard to find that confidence to shift the mindset and you're just so you know, bombarded that you just don't even have the time to figure out how to get out of it. And so, um, you know, as I've gone along my journey, I haven't been alone. That's one of the key things I think is so important with mindset. You know, it's easy to sit here and go, oh, I just shifted my mindset. And now that I, I do it so much and I, I work with other people on it so much, it's become a habit. It's become pretty easy for me, but that's, it wasn't always the case at all. Um, it was hard to shift my own mindset at times of my life. And it was these, you know, other people that I brought in or groups I was part of that kind of really gave me that outside perspective that that really was the kind of the kicker to help, to help that mindset shift. Yeah. And I, I know that, uh, when I went through that, it probably took three, maybe even almost five years before I got to a point where I could almost immediately remove myself from uh, any interpretation of, of a circumstance. In other words, I would get the, that, that impulse to, to judge something negatively and I, and I'd immediately stop it, you know, mm -hmm. but it took a long time to get to that point. It is very easy to sit here and just say it. And for those who are going through it, you're not going to experience it that way. You know? Right. Right. But you have to be present and mindful and aware of your thinking and do things that, um, you know, like you did, you created a planner that has the mindsets built into it, right? So mm -hmm. that you see them every day. So you've got to do things for yourself that, that give you those triggers. So I, I want to pause right here, Jennifer. I want to come back um, after the break. And I want to talk about goals because I know that one of the things that, that you're really masterful at is getting uh, entrepreneurs to set and then actually achieve goals. And I think that'd be really beneficial for everybody listening. So we're going to be right back with more from Jennifer Don. Hi, this is Steve. I hope you're enjoying this interview. We've got more to come in a minute, but what I'd love for you to do right now is rate this podcast, leave us a review, rate us on iTunes. It'll really help others discover the podcast and help us help other CEOs, other business leaders become unstoppable. So if you go to unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes, you can find instructions there and links that will take you right to where you need to go to review the podcast. Thanks so much. Now back to the interview. Welcome back, everybody. This is Steve Gordon, and I'm talking with Jennifer Dawn. And Jennifer, we, we left off on the idea of goal setting and goals. And I mean, there's so much written about this today. I mean, it's like you can't go on the internet and not see, you know, 10 ways to achieve your goals. And it's about to get worse. We're recording this uh, in, in November and, you know, we're all about to get the onslaught of new mm -hmm. year's goals and all that stuff. So, um, help straighten us out. Like what, <laughs> what's the secret? I we expect nothing less than the secret to uh, all of our goals. 
Okay, here's the secret. The secret is keep it simple and get some help. I mean, that's it. It's keep it simple and get help because it's so funny. I just read a stat the other day that said 80% of business owners don't track their goals. 80 And to me, that's like so sad when you think about how many people are in business and how many things are out there trying to achieve and 80% of them are not keeping track of their goals. Um, There's also another statistic that says 93% of people are not going to meet their New Year's resolutions. 93%. They even have a name for, have you heard of Blue Monday? No. Okay. Blue Monday. Blue Monday, right? I actually am working on an article about this right now of how to avoid Blue Monday. Blue Monday is like the third Monday in January. And statistically, it's the unhappiest day of the year because at this point, people have already started to fail on their New Year's resolutions. Usually the weather is crap, especially for those of us who live up north. So the weather is bad. It's cold. We're in debt from the holidays. We've already started failing on our diet. And, and statistically, Blue Monday is like the saddest day of the year. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know, right? And it's just like, it's terrible because you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. And you're right. There are so many like goal systems and goal strategies and all of this out there. And you know what? And my motto is don't fix it if it isn't broken. So if a certain system or a certain strategy is working for you, fantastic. Like keep using it. I've, I never want to do anything with any of my clients or even in my own goals that's so rigid that it sets me up to fail. Um, I, I'm probably the least rigid <laughs> goal person because, you know, when it comes down to achieving the goals, sometimes a goal literally is a day. It's today. It's in this five minutes, I'm going to make a different choice. And that's my goal is to make a different choice today. And then it's going to be to make a different choice tomorrow. I mean, sometimes the goal is that minute and that small. And sometimes the goal is going to be, you know, a 90 day goal, or it could be a year long goal. If you're looking at health and wellness stuff, that's often just an an ongoing long-term permanent lifestyle change that you've got to look at making. Um, And so when it comes to like, especially business owners and meeting the goals, keep it simple. That's the first thing, as simple as it can possibly be, but also get help. Um, Accountability, like, People talk about it, we know it, but it's literally the secret weapon of the most successful people in the world. They have somebody hold them accountable, whether, and it can't just be like a best friend who will let you off the hook. It's gotta be, you know, a mastermind group, a coach, a mentor, um, an accountability partner. It's gotta be somebody who's like invested if you're paying them even better because now you've got money on the line, you've got skin in the game. Um, But having that accountability person who helps you through it, I think is is absolutely the biggest, most simple secret. It's not really a secret. It's the most simple thing because, you know, we all start with good intentions, but it's that accountability that will keep you going when you want to stop and when you're stuck and, and all of that. It's that accountability piece that will will get you to the end. I'm a big finisher. I like to finish stuff. Like I want to, like you're planning, you like to cross it off the list. Well, with a goal, you can't cross it off the list unless you finish it. And so I think that's probably why I love this work. Um, because my, my clients, you know, they come to me and it's fun and exciting to get started, but it's the middle and the end that are so tough. And that's where we work on the mindset. And that's when it's like, we're finishing, we're finishing, we're finishing. And, and that's where you're going to see the results. Yeah, you, you know, you said something important, accountability. And I think we're all probably at this stage with all that's talked about mindset and the need for accountability in the entrepreneurial world right now, I think we're all probably keenly aware of that. But I think there's a a component that goes with that, that 
you know, a lot of entrepreneurs just want to take it all on themselves, you know, and yeah, they go get accountability, but they still sort of take the execution of the goal all on their own shoulders. And I think the thing that, that really is forgotten is capability. And so you need accountability to the goal, which you as the entrepreneur have, because ultimately you got to, you know, make sure it gets delivered on, but man, go get yourself some capabilities to help. Mm-hmm. You know, go get some people that can help you get to that goal, whether it's just a coach or whether it's somebody with specific expertise who can do a specific task. Um, I, I see people load themselves up, you know, with this long list of, of goals. I, th- I think there's this, a lot of times there's this pressure out there that, you know, particularly when it comes to the the number of figures that are in your annual revenue, whether it's I'm going to be a six figure or a seven figure or an eight figure or whatever. Um, You know, to me, those are, yeah, they're good goals to have, I guess, but they're, they're really hard to actually execute on. Mm -hmm. You know, they are, they are. How do you take people and get them more focused in a practical way on something that they can actually do? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. And you're right. Like, I will take a profitable profitable business over a high sales business. And this is from the person who works with, um, I've had multi-million dollar companies come to me that are really struggling to make payroll. And okay, great. So you do 12 million a year in sales, but you don't pay yourself and you're a million dollars in debt and you can't make your payroll. Like there's a problem here, people. So I, I tend to not really care as much about what top line revenue is. Not that we don't want to, of course, grow our businesses and drive sales. I'm not saying you can't not to do that. Yes, it's important, but it's that bottom line that really matters to me. Cause at the end of the day, when you're paying yourself and you can take vacations, like that's really what makes a business a joy, a joy to own, not like a soul sucking cash sucking monster. We don't, we don't want those, but to your original question of, you know, how, how do we do this? So the first thing that I start with is vision. Um, you know, maybe the company has a vision statement. Um, often, probably 80% of the clients I work with, they don't have any vision statement whatsoever. Um, if they have one, it's so bland and generic, it like puts you to sleep. Um, so the first thing that we start working on is vision. What do you really want the business to look like? Who do you want to work with? You know, all, who's your ideal client? All of this, this stuff to create a picture of what do you want this to actually look like? Because vision is the direction. That's the direction that we're heading in. And sometimes, you know, if you're just spinning your wheels and you haven't done any work figuring out what do you really want it to be, um, that can be part of the problem. So we always start with vision. We take the vision, we break it down into specific and measurable goals. From there, we prioritize, which is sounds simple, but you'd be surprised. You talk about the people with the huge long list of goals. They haven't prioritized, prioritized any of them. They just made this huge list of goals because they're trying to keep up with, you know, Joe Blow next door and, and they haven't prioritized. So now you're stretched thin, you're overwhelmed and you're making little teeny weeny bits of progress in a million directions instead of laser focusing on your top one or two priorities and making significant progress in that in a in a direction so once we have specific measurable goals we prioritize then we do the strategy work and the strategy is what most people just skip right over they just this is what I'm going to do. And they go busy, get doing it. Right. So we slow that process down a bit. We work on the strategy and we really think through, we create the plan. What's the, the Eisenhower quote plans are uh, nothing. Planning is everything. So that planning is the strategy. So we do the strategy piece and then we execute. 
And when we get to the point of executing, yes, it's a little slower before we get started, but then once we start executing, it falls out so much faster, so much easier. The business owner is like over the top, like, holy cow, I didn't know it could be easy. And, and it is, and it starts to be fun. And now we get forward momentum going. And so once we have forward momentum going, then we just rinse and repeat and do it again. So goals achieved, do it again. Goals achieved, do it again. And, and that's really, I mean, in a nutshell, that's, that's what we're doing. So simple. That's amazing. Right. T talk a little bit about strategy. Um, you know, you said that's the missing piece for most people that they skip from the, the goal to the execution. And I'd love if you could make that kind of practical. So what does a good strategy look like for an entrepreneur trying to implement something? Yeah. So one of the analogies I like to use is going to the grocery store. Everybody can pretty much relate to this, right? You can sit here right now today and go, um, I'm going to go to the grocery store. I need to go to the store. I need food. Okay, great. That's a plan. That's, that's okay. Here's what I'm going to go do. But if you want the trip to the grocery store to really be successful, you need the strategy. And the strategy is going to be planning your meals for the week because you're on a certain diet and you want to make sure that you're eating the right foods. And so you're planning the meals for the week and you're getting your coupons and you're getting your reusable grocery bags and you're making your list and you're writing it down and you're figuring out the time that you want to go because if you go at five in the morning, they're restocking all the shelves and they're going to be out of half of what you want. So that's the strategy piece. It's the thinking through, like anybody can go to the store, but you may go have to go back to the store again, right? Because you just went and you didn't have your list and you didn't have meal, you know, your meal plan for the week. Um, you're going to buy too much food or not enough food or have to go back multiple times. So that's what happens in our goals because we aren't doing that strategy piece. So it's just like having to keep going to the store over and over instead of one trip that you get everything you need, you spend the right amount of money, you took your bags, you didn't pollute the environment, you know, it's a win-win for everybody. So that's the strategy piece. And so when we start to look at the goals and we, we're like, yes, are they specific? Are they measurable? Okay, yes, we've got that piece. So now we start to ask, um, do I need skills that I don't have? Do I need to hire somebody with the right skills? Do I need to fire somebody who's on my staff right now who doesn't have the skills and that's why we're not, you know, succeeding and rehire somebody new? Um, do I need more education? Do I need um, accountability? Do I have accountability? Do I have my person? Um, look at the ways that you're going to fail. I mean, really, look objectively at how, what are the things that are going to stop us? What are the blockers going to be? What are our challenges going to be? And let's figure out how to overcome those before we even get started. So that's really the strategy piece. I got to tell you, I was sweating a little bit as you talked about the grocery store. Have you <laughs> talked to my wife? Uh, <laughs> because you just described how I go to the grocery store. There's no, there's not even a plan. <laughs> it's just, I happen to show up and some food comes out uh, yeah. with me. But, um, you know, I, I love the way that you broke that down because it's a, it's a huge missing piece for people. Um, it, it's really easy to write down, well, here's what I want to do. And maybe you go the next step and here are a few of the things that I'm going to do to get there. But what you're talking about is going really a layer deeper mm -hmm. and looking at, you know, what are the obstacles in the way? So what, what could blow this up that I ought to account for ahead of time? Mm -hmm. um, you know, what what do I need that I don't have, you know, skill wise or, or, or people wise or whatever. So you're really taking this to a level where 
at the end of it, it sounds like you end up with something that's a whole lot easier to execute because you've answered mm -hmm. all of the kind of unknowns. That's exactly what it is. And it's very hard. It, it, even before I started doing this, because I was the business owner that would just be like, of course, I've got a goal. Of course, I've got a list. And every day I get up and I just go, 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 because I want to cross things off that list. Um, and I never really thought it through. And so now I think everything through. I've gotten so good at it that I now realize like I'm not starting any major project until I've really thought through it because it will fall out so much easier. And that's the key right there. When it starts to be easy, then it starts to be fun. And then you start to see results and then you get motivated by your business instead of drained by your business. And it becomes this, you know, really predictable, repeatable process. And it actually starts to then be easy and fun. When you're doing that strategy work, when you just skip it, you're just going to stay stuck in the having to redo things and, oh, wait, now I have this new information or, or we talked about mindset or my mindset got in the way. And because I didn't have a plan for how I was going to get into the right mindset, then I, I, I failed again. So that with that strategy piece, we kind of think through as much of it as possible. So it really does. It falls out easy. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's uh, it's so interesting um, thinking about the times that I've actually gone through, you know, something similar to the steps that you've outlined. Um, it actually makes it easier to get the work done because because I've thought through everything ahead of time. I can get other people involved in it. Exactly. When I skip that step, I can't get anybody to help me because I. I haven't thought through everything enough that I can give them any of it, you know, it's still exactly. all in my head. Um, so really what you're telling us, there's not only good reasons to do this, but really it's probably a vehicle for getting more off your plate. Oh, without any doubt whatsoever. And if you've thought it through, then when you go to delegate, that person knows what their next step is. And it's not this big mess of nobody knows what they're supposed to be doing and nobody's executing at all. So now you can actually get your team involved in this process as well. And this is part of where if you can bring the team into the strategy and planning work too, they're now pre-thinking it out. And so whatever individual goals they have, they've got more clarity there. So then when they go to execute, it also is easier on them. So it starts to really become something that the whole company can participate in, not just the owner. And, and uh, if you do it well, and I think if you do it repeatedly, you begin to get this momentum. Mm -hmm. um, you know, all of, all of these goals that you, you know, you start stacking on top of one another really become powerful. And, and, uh, and, and it, I think it makes you unstoppable at, at a certain point. So we could probably talk about this forever. Cause you know, as I said, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a planner geek. I think about goals a lot and, um, and, uh, and, and love this topic, but uh, I know we're about out of time and, and I know you've got a program coming up that, actually, you'll help take people through this process. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that and, and some of the other things you have going on and, and let people know where they can connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I have um, a new new workshops that I'm going to be starting in January where it's a one day planning workshop. Now, I also do this for companies as well, where I'll, I will go into the company. That's a, it's a two day deep dive, work with the management, work with the, you know, usually it's the upper management and the owner of the business, but work with them as well. And so with the with the workshops, this is what I'm doing. I actually go in and we, we do the visioning, we do the, the measurable goals, we prioritize, we strategize and then we make a plan to execute. And 
one of the things that I'm able to do is use my planner, which is the tool. And that's why I created it. I created it for my own business because I, my desk was just a mess. And it's kind of a funny story. When I was working at the women's networking group, they had uh, their own planner and I, I was the president of the company. I was expected to use it and I hated it. It was awful. I just didn't like it at all. And so when I went out on my own, you know, I, I've got all these things on my desk and I, I was like, I need to consolidate all of this. I'm growing a business. I have three kids, a family. I, I've got too much going on here. I'm goal oriented. Like I need something that's going to put it all together. And I, and I put that together for me and I was, um, then I started using it with my clients and they started getting great results. And one day I, I told my husband, I was like, honey, this is like the best planner ever. And he's like, it is. And I'm like, yeah, it is. I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to call it that. And he's like, you are? I'm like, yeah, I am. And then I looked up to the domain and nobody had it. I was like, how does nobody have not have best planner ever? Like, that's so obvious. How does nobody have it? And they didn't. And so dingling it was done i was like that's it that's the name um i'm not an egomaniac it was just that's how the name came about and so but the the thing is it's a tool and it doesn't matter what planner you use you're a planner geek i see the sticky notes on your wall behind you steve and it's like right on this is my kind of guy here um you know cuz i love sticky notes and i even put there's room in my planner to put sticky notes like there's space in there for your sticky notes so um but it doesn't matter what planner you use, but find one that really, really works for you. Do your thinking on paper. So when we talk about these workshops that I'm working on, that's probably the biggest part is that when you walk out of there, whether I've come to your company or you've come to a workshop, you're going to have a tool in your hands with a, with a daily plan of here's a, here it all is. It's all broken down. It's prioritized. We've pre-thought out everything. And now you have a tool in your hand to be able to implement and execute that will keep you on track. So whatever it is, that's part of the key too, is just making sure you have the tool to keep you, keep you focused and, and keep you, keep you on it. Absolutely. I think it's so important. Uh, so where can folks find out more about your workshops, about the planner, I guess, bestplannerever.com. You said that, but, but yes. all, all of the rest of, uh, of the things that you're working on. What's yeah, that? absolutely. They can find me at Jennifer Dawn coaching spelled the normal Jennifer way, J E N N I F E R Dawn D A W N coaching.com. And we've actually set up, um, a custom landing page. So if you go to Jennifer Dawn coaching.com slash, unstoppable CEO. Um, I've got some free goodies on there, some downloads for you, um, just some fun stuff to check out. And that's, that's where you would find me. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing all of that stuff with the audience. And uh, we'll link all that up in the show notes. So uh, if you're looking for those links and didn't write them down, if you're driving or running or, or whatever you're doing, um, just uh, go over to this uh, episode on our website and uh, we'll have all that linked up there. Jennifer, thanks so much for investing a little bit of time with me this afternoon. It's been so much fun and, uh, and I appreciate everything that you shared. You're welcome, Steve. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. Help others discover this show. Leave a review and rating on iTunes at unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes.